Greetings and welcome. My name is Mike Bankhead. I am your host. I am a bass player and songwriter from the Jam City, Dayton, Ohio. My guest on this episode is music journalist Taylor Ruckel. That's right, he's back, and we are talking about our five favorite albums from the first quarter, the first three months of 2023 on the You Could Be My Aramis podcast. I will have you know that since we've had this conversation, I went and listened to all of the albums that were in Taylor's top five and enjoyed them. Yeah, I think you're going to find something you like. Before I start the conversation, I'd also like to let you know that this episode is brought to you by my new single, Latent, that's spelled L-A-T-E-N-T, which will be released in one day short of two weeks. The release date is Tuesday, April 25th, and I encourage you to stream that a lot when it comes out. All right. Now let's get to the conversation. Taylor Ruckel, you're back. Thank you so much for having me back. I have been so looking forward to it. This is so much fun. Uh, quarter one is over. It's time to talk about our favorite records from quarter one, 2023. And as the guest of honor, uh, as per usual, you get to go first. I am honored. Uh, my first record I want to talk about is a record by uh, a singer-songwriter called Sonny War, and it is called Anarchist Gospel. And uh, this is an artist who made one of my favorite folk records of 2021, which was called Simple Syrup. Uh, and it's this might be recency bias talking, but I already feel like this one might be even better. She's this incredibly talented and very bluesy acoustic guitarist. She has a super rich voice, and she's found this really nice groove as a songwriter, too. And uh, uh, it's, it's just... Um, it's one of those records that I was aware of kind of dimly for a while as it was in the rollout process. And then last week I finally um, sat down and listened to it and it just blew me away. She's featuring other great vocalists like Chris Pierce, who's a folk singer who's also made records I've really liked. Um, she's doing some really interesting things like uh, there's a Ween cover on this record. I was pleasantly surprised to learn. I'd, been, I'd listened to this, this record two or three times and then I looked up and I go, oh my God, that's a Ween song. <laughs> So that's always, you know, you don't expect that on a Nashville um, Americana record. And uh, this is not your typical Nashville Americana record. Um, she described herself as folk punk. And this doesn't really sound like what you'd expect from that if you're into something like Pat the Bunny or AJJ or what have you. Um, but punk is very much part of her background. And you can really get this kind of sense of that emotional grit with this record. Not again, not what you expect from from Nashville folk record. How do you spell the artist's name? Sunny War, uh, S-U-N-N-Y-W-A-R, two words, Sunny okay, War. Okay, so like it sounds. I, I wrote it down that way, but I wasn't sure, and I figured I'd yeah. double check. Well, uh, you started off with a lady. I'm going to start off with ladies. Meet Me at the Altar, about a record called Past, Slash, Slash, Present, Slash, Slash, Future. They're a pop punk band, three ladies. Uh, they're a young ones, uh, from the looks of them, from... Well, they all met online, so they're all from different parts of the country. Uh, apparently, they met online, became friends, decided to get together and make music in real life. The record is a lot of fun. It will remind you of old old Green Day, Good Charlotte, Blink-182, that, that kind of sound, layered guitars and, and punkish. 
The record's a great listen. The only thing I have to say that could be construed as remotely negative is when I discovered this record and really loved it and then saw that they were doing some late night TV spots to promote it. I'm like, cool. I love it when like you go see a band do like Letterman. Well, it's not Letterman anymore, is it? But it's like uh, Fallon or whatever the late night show is. Let me go check out these performances. And they are not playing on any of the performances. The music is piped in and they are lip syncing to the music. And I'm like, I was very disappointed. I'm assuming they can actually play because I think they're going to go on tour. And I would definitely go see a show. But I was a little wary and slightly disappointed when I saw them on on the live TV shows. But the record's good. If you are if you were into that rock with the tight guitar harmonies and that kind of punky pop sound, uh, this record is for you. Uh, Meet Me at the Altar is spelled like it sounds, only they stylize the at as an at symbol. Yeah. Did you hear that one? I've yeah, heard I know. this band. I've heard I've heard uh the singles leading up to this record and it was one where I I saw I think they're coming to um DC this spring or maybe they already have. And so I I sort of had clocked them as like, "Oh, okay, they're going to be around. I better, you know, see what's up." I I enjoyed the singles well enough. I haven't gone back to hear the full record yet, but I love, you know, bands in this lane. Um, so definitely this could be something I would be very into. And, you know, late night show performances are just a lost art. It's just, they don't make them like they used to in the aughts, you know? I, um, I, I, I have, I have every, um, couple of weeks I'll go back and watch the TV on the radio on Letterman. <laughs> just like, you know, it's, it's such a, uh, a, a bygone era. All right, back to All you. Right. My next record is, uh, by a band called Algiers and the record is called Shook. And uh, this is, uh, I see you nodding. I, I, do you know Algiers? I know this record because it's on my honorable mention list, but go All ahead. All right. I'm glad that that's a nice little moan of serendipity then. All right. I'm glad when we align that way. So this is an Atlanta-based band blending post-punk with soul, hip-hop, whole range of other genres. And um, this is actually the first record of theirs I've really made the time to get into. So Grain of Salt, you know, I'm not super familiar with their back catalog, but I'm really glad to be on the train now. Um, this is a record that takes some really big swings in terms of the style. Uh, it's got some really cool guest features um, with uh, uh, rappers like Billy Woods and Backwash and Zach De La Roca from Rage Against the Machine. And um, you know, I feel like the last one there is uh, maybe the most telling for kind of the vibe of this record. It's very dark. It's very topical. It's very um, direct, incorporating a lot of spoken word, talking about the state of things in America, especially with regards to race and the ascent of fascism. Um, and, uh, uh, for a very chaotic time, uh, it, it's, it's a record that really draws on the energy of what's going on in this country. And, uh, I think the wide range of this record and just all the many, you know, directions it's pulling sort of reflects the atmosphere. I liked it too. I just didn't like it enough that it made my top five, but, uh, yeah, I'm surprised you got to one because you listen to so much music. I, I I didn't expect to have gotten to any of the ones that you were going to talk about. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I just love when when records like this come out that are so um, that are just really, really trying a lot of things, you know, like I've I've seen some criticism about people feeling like it doesn't all come together. And for me, I just love that quality to this record, that it is so, um, so broad and it it is drawing on so much and it is very in its way chaotic and i think that is sort of something that i actually sort of prize um in a record like this at a time like this there's something to be said for artists making the music they want to make even when other people don't get it and i that's something yes. I, I respect 
Uh, my next one is from an indie artist out of L.A. called Annabelle Lee. That is her performing name. Her government name is Sarah. And I say out of L.A. She's actually from the East Coast, from Boston. But like a lot of people that want to be big in the business, she moved to L.A. Her record is called Mother's Hammer. Now, she's been in the business for a long time. This is the first time she's actually made a full album, which is kind of surprising to me. If you look at her Bandcamp page, she's got a lot of songs on there. But this is her first record. Uh, she plays guitar and keys and I'm sure other stuff. She's a rock and roll kind of lady, but the, the songs on this go from like a heartbreaking plaintive ballad to full on screaming rage against the world and the patriarchy. The emotions that she hits on this album are very real. And if this record doesn't make you feel something when you listen to it, especially if you read the lyrics, um, well, then you're probably a cold, heartless person. Which, okay, there is music for you, but this would not be it. So Annabelle Lee, uh, that's A-N-N-A-B-E-L space L-E, Mother's Hammer. Uh, there's a song on there called Los Angeles, which she wrote at a really dark time in her life about how much the city was hurting her because she was going through these terrible experiences. And it was like, well, do I go back to the East coast or go back home? And this is an artist that is, I mean, it, it sounds cliche, but that was like homelessness and relationship problems and just terrible, terrible lows. Uh, but she's at a point in her life now where she's happy. She just got married. Uh, she's got a band full of really talented people. So she's really kind of ecstatic about having made this record, but it's not a happy record. The songs are raw and open and real. And it's, it's really good musicianship, which is something rare for me to say, considering that I'm sure most of it was done in the box. Uh, but I know she plays guitar and I know she plays keys and I know she did that stuff herself. So uh, if you're into indie music, that is still truly independent because she's not on a label yet. Uh, she's about to, embark on her first tour and i think she has blow up potential if you want to get in on that before it happens uh annabelle lee is, is where you go yeah this sounds definitely like something i need to be all about i am uh headed right there after we are uh uh done here my next record i wanted to talk about is uh, a record by a jazz saxophone player and band leader called james brandon lewis uh, the record is called Eye of Eye, and this is one I definitely have to pause and elaborate. That's I-E-Y-E of I, letter I, Eye of Eye. Um, that probably still doesn't help that much, but hopefully it will be in the show description so that that will be accessible to people who want to find out what I'm talking about. Um, Absolutely, it will be. Is... Okay, good. <laughs> so James Brandon Lewis, this is his uh, anti-records debut. And um, I'm a little bit out of my depth trying to recommend jazz as somebody who's still new to the genre and in the scheme of other things, you know, that I listen to. And what actually drew me to this record initially was seeing that he had done a song with the Mesthetics, the DC post-rock band with the uh, rhythm section from Fugazi. And so that really got my attention. And then getting into this record, I was really blown away by Lewis as a player because he's so very technically skilled in the way you think of, of jazz and also just extremely emotive in his playing. And uh, these songs are catchy. They have real, you know, kind of rockin' energy at times and uh, uh, strong melodies. They're just, they're just, um, they're really nice songs in addition to being great jazz performances. And uh, uh, in lieu of a more traditional kind of ensemble, he's playing with a drummer and an electric cello player. 
And so there are all kinds of cool effects and textures on this record. And uh, in my opinion, it's very enjoyable, even if you're not somebody who's that into jazz. Um, I also have to say that if you have the chance to see him live, it's a must see. I saw him play a set of his own stuff and then also join the Mesthetics for a set. And it was just outstanding. I was a big fan of this record. I was really um, I was really jazzed about it, if I can say that. I think you can. I think it's OK. Thank you. I have an uncle that's really into jazz. I can't wait to send this to him. Um, I'll bet he'll I bet he's already heard it. I don't know how it plays with other jazz fans. I have to be totally honest. I do not know how it plays with people who are very into jazz. But I know as somebody who is uh, who's very interested in the genre and is still building a knowledge base on it. It really stood out to me as something very cool. Excellent. We uh, we're going really eclectic with our stuff today. I, li- I like this. My next one is by a gentleman whose name I don't know how to pronounce, so I'm going to give you a couple of options. Uh, he spells his name V as in Victor, A-D-I-M, and his last name is uh, T-A-V as in Victor, E-R. That's either Vadim Taver or Vadim Taver or Vadim Taver or, um, or Vadim Taver or Vadim Taver. I don't know. Uh, the record is self-titled. So it's spelled the same. And however he pronounces his name, he pronounces it the same. If you miss Radiohead, go listen to this. That He's doing not like early Radiohead. He's doing kind of like... Say no more. The Kid A through, through in Rainbow's Radiohead where there's some machinery and playing with guitar textures and interesting drum patterns. He's a multi-instrumentalist and I think he did most of the stuff on this other than maybe the drums. But I swear, he's got a couple of songs in there that I could have sworn he stole them right out of Radiohead's unfinished song pile. And I've only given this one listen and put it immediately on my spend three hours with this sometime in the next month list. Right? You know, sometimes there's that record, you're like, oh, this is good. I need to come back to it. That's this for me. I really do need to sit down and listen to it a lot. Uh, but I know I knew from the first listen, I liked it enough that I would come back. And I haven't done that yet, but I will. I cannot recommend. I cannot recommend it strongly enough. All right, you've got me. That's that's one I have not even heard of. So, um, and you know how I feel when you say Radiohead. So, that's on my to-do list for sure. My next one is a record that is called Desire Pause for Effect Pathway. It's by Screaming Females and I have to take a moment moment there to fake out the Caroline Polachek fans because there's another great album out this quarter also starting with Desire in the title. That could have been an honorable mention for me. But I want to talk about Screaming Females. Is this a band that you're familiar with? I've heard the name. I could not tell you anything about them. Mike, 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 this is a band for you. This is the eighth LP. They're a uh, uh, indie rock trio from... <laughs> yep, I know they've been around since the early aughts. And uh, they're an indie rock trio from New Jersey. They're very um, DIY in their ethic. And they're very classic rock in their approach to making guitar music. And uh, uh, Marissa Paternoster is their um, singer and lead guitarist, and she's uh, got this super one-of-a-kind, deep, commanding voice, and she's an all-time virtuosic guitarist. And uh, this is their first record in five years. It's um, a lot shorter and more focused than their last one. They put out a, a double album, I think, in 2018 that was also very strong, but I think this is a better sort of entry point if you haven't heard of this band. There's some really great standout jams. Uh, my favorite song on this record is called Desert Train. And uh, lots of riffs. They're a rare riff band in this day and age. Yeah. And they, I like they rock. They just rock. I, I, this is what I'm saying. They just they rock hard. And they still do after they've been you know around since the early 2000s. 
and um, another band that I've seen live in the last year. And it was absolutely one of the best live guitar performances I have ever seen. Um, I had the chance to uh, do a feature with this band for Flood Magazine, um, breaking down track by track this new record. And they're a, a really cool three-person songwriting unit who have all been together the whole time the band has has been in existence. No lineup changes. Um, and uh, no, they've just been, you know, grinding it out on an indie label, the three of them, for like 20 years now. It's It's very, very cool. I admire that perseverance. And I will link, I'll go find that article and link to it in the show notes for the when this gets up so people can read it. Because, you know, I like reading your features. They're all really interesting and good. Thank you uh, for that. Next for me is one you probably knew was coming. Uh, Daisy dropped an EP in the first quarter. It's uh, Richmond, Virginia's own Daisy. And I think he's going to go on tour. Uh, I don't know who with, but I think I remember he was going to go on tour. But as a recap, if you like Fountains of Wayne, but wish they were a little less produced and used a little bit more distortion in their guitars, that's Daisy. Short songs, catchy, 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 hooky songs, whimsical, sometimes a little uh, telling a story about himself lyrics, but not a lot of lyrics. It's, it's essentially a less produced, dirtier version of Fountains of Wayne. So if you like Power Pop, you'll like it. It's an EP. It's great. It's a quick listen. It's just, it's ear candy. Um, I will probably go get whatever, like whatever, whenever Daisy drops stuff, I'm just going to listen to it on repeat. Yeah, I, I have not heard this in full, but it's one of those um, releases that plays automatically, algorithmically, whenever I finish, you know, anything else on this list that I'm listening to, um, you know, things like, you know, other other guitar centric music that I listen to. Um, a, amazing stylist, just sounds so good on everything. Yeah. Um, I just have to say, like anytime a song comes on, it immediately grabs your attention. It's like, oh, who is this? Of course, it's Daisy, you know? Um, so so that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad. A lot of people seem to be digging the new stuff and that's really cool to see that there's this kind of, um, at least on an indie basis, this, this very, very cool groundswell of popular interest. And it was it was a Chicago indie rock writer that turned me on to this artist. So Taylor, your job is important because I would never have found Thank this you. person no otherwise. No matter what Ed Sheeran says, right? Right. Um, well, <laughs> I don't want to go into my feelings on Ed Sheeran on this podcast, but uh, we'll get that to that. Could be another day. <laughs> that could be another podcast. Uh, I, I just imagine like, well, I might never have found this person. And that is just a tiny piece of joy that I would not have in my life. And we could all use additional tiny pieces of joy. So Andy Rock Journalist, keeping keeping discovery alive. Want to talk for my last record about one that uh, I honestly don't know whether you will have heard of this artist or not, because there's somebody who's very um, popular among certain critical circles and certain different bases of 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 you know, popular listenership. Um, and that, that artist is Eve Toomer. And the record is called Praise a Lord Who Choose But Which Does Not Consume, semicolon, open parentheses, or simply, comma, hot between worlds, close parentheses. It is a real mouthful of a title, this record. Heard of the artist. I have, I didn't, I've not seen that album title. I feel like I would have remembered it. I, I might yeah, not have remembered real... it. I would have remembered that it was too much. <laughs> so Eve Toomer is this auteur, producer, and artist who's been around for quite some time, used to be an ambient artist, 
and uh, um, started shifting sort of gradually into this more pop mode and made a particularly big impact a few years ago with a record called Heaven to a Tortured Mind, uh, which uh, we talk about amazingly stylish records. Eve Toomer takes on this bombastic glam rock kind of persona, gets compared a lot to Prince and David Bowie very aptly. And um, if you have just three minutes in your day, there's no better way to spend those three minutes than looking up the first track on that record, which is called Gospel for a New Century, all-time great album opener. Uh, and uh, uh, I think the thing is, you could probably argue that it suffered from, as a record, having such an amazing opener and sort of not necessarily having the songs to back up the rest of it. Uh, amazing sounding record. Um, um, great listen. Definitely not a chore to listen to, but I think uh, in terms of the track list, this new one is a lot more substantial to me anyway. The songwriting is a lot more there. This new record, Hot Between Worlds, sort of solves for everything that was missing from the last record. It's not quite as um, grandiose. Uh, it's a little bit more industrial sometimes. It's a little bit more conventionally pop rock sounding sometimes. There's just a, a real nice sort of stripped back acoustic guitar ballad on this record which is a surprise from somebody who used to be an ambient industrial producer. Maybe, maybe it's the context that makes that seem interesting, but it's, it's, well, it's like the complete opposite of what that is. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would not expect um, that. But, but in general, just great catchy songwriting. And then the last track on this record is called Ebony Eye. And to me, it kind of rivals the, the impact, just the, the scale of, of, of greatness of gospel for a new century, which I think was the previous songwriting high watermark. Uh, for this artist. Eve Toomer just makes me really excited also about the potential of sampling in rock music because coming from a production world, they are really great at finding these sort of unlikely and um, unidentifiable elements to just throw into a song, string passages from Korean funk songs, things like that, that it's not it's not like a lot of, of rock sampling you think of like, um, you know, forgive me, but a band I, I, I love despite their foibles is Fall Out Boy. And, uh, and when they sample something, you know they are sampling something. And it, it gets, uh, they err on the side of obnoxiousness sometimes with that. And I think Eve Toomer is a really great model of rock and roll sampling in a way that can contribute to a song and, and support uh, an idea and not sort of overwhelm you and make you roll your eyes at, oh, of course, they're sampling that, you know? You said solves for as part of a metaphor in that and that in your soliloquy, and I just thought that was really awesome. <laughs> Thank I can't, you. I can't wait to go back and listen to it and chuckle again. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have you have totally away with words. Thank you so much. I I I really relish the opportunity to to spit a lot of them out, and uh, it's nice that sometimes there's some good ones in there. Yeah, more more often than not. Uh, my last one is another indie artist out of L.A. This is a lady that I actually met in person and uh, also had on my podcast. But the record is good, and it came out in the first quarter. If the record wasn't good, then I wouldn't have been mentioning it. Uh, but she put out a record called Cognizance in January, which you can get on double vinyl. Uh, it's Brenda Carsey. That's B-R-E-N-D space C-A-R-S-E-Y. Cognizance uh, is on double vinyl or on single CD or on her band camp or streaming. It's kind of a neo-soul R&B kind of feel, which is not what you would expect from a white lady. Uh, she's a pianist, really 
big kind of voice, which you do expect from someone who's in this space, right? If you're going to be in that space as a genre, you better be able to bring it vocally. And she can. Very honest and open songwriting. She's got a song on there called Home, which talks about her upbringing and her father abandoning her and her mom and the struggles she had. And like, I, I emailed her and I was like, is that actually autobiographical? She's like, yes. I was like, whoa, because there's some serious stuff to sing about. But the songs are good. And it was very important to her to get really talented people to play all the parts. Everything there is is played. It's live musicians doing the thing that we're supposed to do, which is play your part, which makes it feel more real. I know that in the box production is a very popular thing today, but to someone of my age, it doesn't feel real. Uh, this feels real. And one of the bonus tracks that she has that's on the vinyl, but not on the regular one, is a live session of her band in the studio playing a song. So instead of tracking it in sessions, that's for most of this, even though it was played by an actual person, uh, the, the bonus material is actually them in a room doing the thing, which is so cool to me. And I like it. Cause I like Neil soul and I don't listen to nearly enough of it. And I, I you know, it's kind of funny. I was trying to track down, more Neil Soul music in the first quarter over an audio Mac. It's so much of it was singles and not albums. And it's like, and can't I find somebody that wants to make albums no more? So yeah, th this one, this one scratched that itch and it's an actual album. So Cognizance by Brenda Carsey. And now we are to honorable mention time, Mr. Ruckle. I have so many of them. Um, I, I, I liked a lot of the standard music critic fair this quarter, you know, I, I know there's so much buzzy stuff like there's the new 100 Gex record that I thought was very good. I don't know if I like it quite as much as their first one, but um, I can I can get into some hyper pop. I liked the Caroline Polachek record. Um, I liked the new Danny Brown and JPEG Mafia record. One that, you know, I thought you and I might have something to talk about is the new quasi record breaking the balls of history which i thought was such a fun a record and really I dug like it. energetic i had so much fun with this it's like it's so it's so snappy it's so energetic it's so it's so taut it's it's just a really nice 30 minutes of of fun rock and roll music i i interviewed them and something that sam coombs said was you know if it's not if it's not fun it's not rock basically or if it's not fun what are you doing and you can they they bear that out they embody that very very well some of my uh well quasi is on my honorable mention list uh we are scientists is still making records and i listened to their latest yeah. one it was okay i just wanted to let people know that if you like this band in the past they're actually still working and i had no idea um philip selways uh also known as the drummer from radiohead his new record's pretty decent um what else oh shonen knife who've been around forever has a new record out and their songs are all about like mundane life stuff, but they're kind of punky and happy and very poppy. Like they have a song on there about like vegetable curry. The song is it like a three minute. Okay. It's in praise of a delicious vegetable curry. Uh, and they write a lot. They write about food a lot. Uh, they're a three piece out of Japan. And I think they've been around since the mid eighties, perhaps. Um, I'm probably getting my, my time messed up. Uh, those are the things that are on my... Oh, the uh, Lyrical Joe is a rapper out of Ghana, I think. Either Ghana or Nigeria. Like the name says, Lyrical Dude. Uh, that was pretty good. 
there are some things that disappointed me. I uh, long time, I'm a long time Smashing Pumpkins fan. I did not like the new record. Uh, maybe it needs another. No, okay, listen. that's. <laughs> I I actually I had considered putting in for a review of that just so I could get caught up on it, but I saw them back in um, the fall and I was not impressed with the new stuff. Let me just say, um, so that's disappointing, but uh, not surprising. Yeah, I think I like Ooh. three of the songs on it. Okay. That's, you know, honestly, for a Latter-day Pumpkins record, that's not a bad hit, right? Um, <laughs> I want to, I wanted to make sure I, I didn't forget to tell you um, that I, another of the, um, you know, standard indie critic fair I've been really enjoying this week is, uh, is the band Deerhoof. And uh, I thought... Uh, I didn't get to that one. Polyglot yourself. It's, uh, the, it's sung in Japanese. And so I thought that might also be of interest to you as somebody who's, who's interested in languages. Really? Um, um, that yeah. one's called uh, Miracle Level, right? the, the album level. that was yeah. on my list and i haven't gotten to that one yet and um i also didn't get to the pustifer record which was also on my list oh i didn't even hear about that okay yeah they put one out in the first quarter i'm assuming it's going to be loud but uh, yeah i haven't mm-hmm. <laughs> i haven't gotten there yet i uh, i listened to the gorillas album it's okay um i think i would like it better if i was like chilling in the summer like you know driving somewhere Okay. It's not the kind of record that I could sit there and I was trying to do my, you know, be critical listening thing. And that wasn't, that's not the kind of record I think that you can do that with. I listened to the Bell and Sebastian record. I don't think I get that band. I know they're really popular. I just don't think I get it. Uh, But there were, you were right. There was really, has never really made sense. There was a lot of stuff uh, put out in the first quarter. Yeah. Super crowded, especially compared to last year where, you know, and this isn't necessarily a referendum on the quantity of, of or quality of releases. But last year I was I was sort of pulling for like uh, stuff that was coming out in the second quarter. And I was I was very impatient with that. And this year it's really like, no, that stuff can wait. There's there's a lot of stuff right here in front of us. Well, that's because you had already heard the Oceanator record in the first quarter. And yeah, we're... I don't mean to keep bringing that up. <laughs> No, I brought it up. I'm just I remember that very clearly because I remember being very jealous. Uh, such a such a great record. Uh, is there anything you're particularly looking forward to in the next quarter? Ooh, I will say there's a, a record by a dream pop slash shoegaze band coming out um, in the next quarter. Uh, they're they're called Body Wash. The record is called I Held the Shape While I Could. It's one that I've been um, very much looking forward to coming out and. Um, the single they put out for that, they might, there might be more, but there's a single called Massive Central that just um, really, really floored me. Great, great track. Um, other than that, I'm trying to think. Um, that's the biggest one that comes to mind. Oh, I'll say there is a, a, a local to DC. There's a um, singer-songwriter called Gabo, uh, and they have a new record that's coming out in, um, in May, I believe, that I'm very much looking forward to. Um, other than that, I think those are the, the big things there's a new super destroyer record who's a um diy uh sort of uh emo and and um um electronic artist uh this summer that i think that's gonna be q2 yeah soaked in synth.zip is the name of that record so those are those will be my big three nice i heard rumors there's a blinker the star record coming and i thought it was going to be out in the first quarter and it's not so maybe that's the second quarter. And that's a band I've liked. Well, you know, they've been around a while, but that's a band I like. So I really hope it's not bad. It's really sad, like, when a when a band you like puts out something and you don't like it. And I know that's, as a listener, that's a you problem, right? Because I'm assuming that these artists are making the art they want to make. But um, Totally. 
Yeah, I, I hope I hope it's something I like. So we're gonna do a quick recap. Uh, my five favorites from the first quarter: uh, Mimi at the altar, Annabelle Lee, Vadim uh, Taver, Taver, Daisy, and Brenda Carsey. Taylor's Sunny War, my Algiers. Five. James Brandon Lewis, Screaming Females, and Eve, that's spelled Y-V-E-S because it's French, Eve yes. Tumor. So I actually, I have work of the, of your five. I heard one of them. So I have some, I have some records to go listen to. And all of these will be in the show notes. And I'm going to try to link to either their websites or their Bandcamp pages so that all you have to do, dear listener, is click and go discover some music that Taylor and I thought was really good in this quarter. Do you have any uh, parting thoughts before we depart this podcast existence? No, just uh, thanks again for having me. Always a blast. I love talking music. You love talking music. It's a good match. Uh, Thank you for taking the time. And Mm -hmm. uh, we'll do this again in three months. Anytime. All right. See you. All right. Break. Thanks once again to Taylor Ruckle for being here and talking to me. Thanks to Taylor for some excellent album recommendations and some very spirited music conversations that's something i truly enjoy and i hope you do too also thank you dear listeners for being here and a reminder this episode is brought to you by my new single latent which will be released on april 25th 2023